0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Last week we started a series on walking in the supernatural and um, I also want to ask maybe just two people, you can sit where you are and shout it out, just maybe something that stood out for you from last week. Before I ask for that, you know, we're teaching on about living in the supernatural, okay? Um, And last week I I really labored to explain why. Um, And, you know, because we know these things, we're familiar with these things. Um, And yet many of us in the the church and the family need to hear these things and we need to see some supernatural work. So it's kind of like, okay, well, if we don't focus on this and learn, then we're not going to experience it because it's kind of like waiting for something to happen when we have to stir ourselves up. And one of the ways we stir ourselves up is by listening to teaching on it. So um, if you missed last week, I really want to encourage you to go to um, our SoundCloud page or um, our Rondebosch page and get the teaching because it kind of really lays a foundation. Um, And we speak in it about not just believing for healing or a miracle or breakthrough or whatever, but contending for it. We really spoke about contending for it in a sense that you don't just pray once and wait. You contend for it. And I'm not going to get into that now. But anyway, anyone got something that stood out for you from last week? Mom? Stop being passive be aggressive. Be aggressive. Stop being passive. Sean? Your sickness is not your identity. Your sickness is not your identity. Very good. That's good. Conviction, I'll call it. For uh, uh, forsaking the assembling together of the saints. That's good. That's good. So, you know, we're covering a a number of different topics. The more I realized that I I called it walking in the supernatural, the more I realized that's really very broad (laughs) and it's not focused on healing. So now I have to kind of touch on a number of different things uh, as I I feel led. Um, But we're focusing in on healing and uh, contending to see anybody here with sickness or with a condition like let's deal with it, especially if it's chronic. Because we tend to forget about chronic situations and just uh, accept them and focus on the more life-threatening ones, uh, etc. Anyway, first verse, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, as I was preparing this, we used it last week, but it was stirred up on me again from the New King James. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, that doesn't mean he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. The word and with is really just further explanation. So it's saying that the Holy Spirit is power, okay? So you had the Holy Spirit, which, was with, which is power, who went, to, that, that's clarified in Acts 1.8, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So, you know, I, I've been convicted on this more and more as I was reading this, just that sickness is really always an oppression of the devil. And I don't always look at it like that. Because... I don't know you don't really want to give him any attention so it's kind of like you you can get into this thing of just it's a natural thing yes he's at the roots of it but what i realize is if you see him as it's his fault he's an opp- he's the oppressor then you really are more aggressive with it because he's the thief yeah. he's 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 not there to bless us and and uh so it doesn't matter if it's natural in its origin meaning you were cold and you have a runny nose now, <laughs> or, if it's, uh, 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 or if it's your fault, self-inflicted, whatever that would be, it doesn't matter how the sickness came, you know, it's never God's will. That, we know that, we believe that. It's never God's will. And this verse is showing us it's always um, an oppression from the enemy. But what this also shows us is that um, uh, Jesus was doing good healing. So um, it's not like there were good healings and there were bad healings. It's saying that he was doing good by healing people. Okay? So healing is always a good thing. Okay? So does God always want to heal them? The answer is definitely. Definitely. You know, when we look through the Gospels and the book of Acts, uh, we see Jesus, we see the disciples healing people regardless of why they were sick. And I say that because we can tend to get into this sometimes it's it's necessary if i'm ministering to someone um, and, and they're sick i'll be like okay um, lord like if there's something i need to know show me or show them and we'll maybe just kind of navigate through that but the, the fact of the matter is is when we look at healing in the, in the bible they, they never go into the the history why did this happen you know do you have occultic practices in your background? <laughs> Do you have generational curses? They never go there in the Bible. We go there as as the church, modern day church, because we think we're cleverer. But in the Bible, they don't do that. Now, there would be reasons maybe why we don't receive. And it's never God's withholding, but it might just be that we don't feel like we deserve. So we're not in faith. Or we've got unforgiveness or bitterness. So there could be things that are holding us back, but all I'm saying is that... God isn't a respecter of persons. He's not healing one person because they, don't, they have a squeaky clean background and not healing someone else because they don't have a squeaky back, uh, clean background. He, his healing power is available regardless of why you're sick. Okay? Regardless of the, the roots uh, uh, of all of that. And I mean, yeah, let's not go too much in there because there's more to get through today. <laughs> the reason that we, we, we're, we're, we're sick the reason that we're sick might make us sick again. So, if fear—maybe you're, you're riddled with fear—and fear brought on sickness, because fear can 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 cause you to your your body to attack itself and all sorts of things. So, if you're riddled with fear. Maybe you get healed, but you get sick again because you haven't dealt with the fear. So, that's where it might be important to know why am I sick? Okay, but. Uh, you, you, all you need to do in that situation is use wisdom to change something. Okay? But in order to be healed, you don't need to focus on the why. You just focus on the remedy. Okay? If you've got a, a, a headache, you can take a panado. You don't need to figure out why, why don't you have it. But you might have that headache when the panado wears off if you're dehydrated. <laughs> like, you get what I mean? So, so we sometimes need to use some wisdom in there. But to be healed, all we need to do is come in contact with power. The power of God. That's all. I mean, you think about... I, I, I had this in my notes and I took it out and I'm still going with it. Uh, if you think about the, the woman with the issue of blood, all she needed to do was come into contact with the power. The power of Christ. Not even... She was happy to touch the hem of His garment. We didn't have to do that because Christ is in us now. But all that needed to happen for healing to take place was touch come into contact with power the passion is very interesting if you read that in the passion Uh, it speaks about how um, the virtue that was always around jesus flowed into her body and the word virtue there that they use is from um, a word used to describe the power of the holy spirit the same power that's in us so, we've got the power of the Holy Spirit and us. All so we need to do is come into contact with that power in order to see the, the, the healing that we need. Okay? What I like about the woman with the issue of blood, that, story, that account is that um, uh, she determined that she was going to be healed. Not God, not Jesus. Jesus didn't do anything. He just walked through the street and this woman said, if I touch Him, I'm going to be healed. And then she was healed and Jesus said, who touched me? And then she owns up and then Jesus says to her, your faith has healed you. Not I have healed you by my mighty power. Your faith has healed you. So there's a lot to learn from that, which we're not focusing on tonight. What I want to focus on tonight is I want to start off just by looking again at how Christianity is not a religion. Because I think in our default settings, we often still see it like a religion. Okay? And a religion would be something of man's efforts to get closer to God, man's efforts to try and please God, man's efforts to be right with God. And what's involved in all of that? Rituals to try and get closer, thing practices to try and do, like a, a system of observances to, to to make us right. But Christianity is really a supernatural life which goes beyond the grave. It's eternal. So Christianity is a supernatural life which goes beyond the grave, okay? Now we're going to describe a, a, a couple of things about this, but I want you to see it. It's a, a supernatural life that goes beyond the grave. John 1, 4, verse 17 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. So I just want to start off with this verse by showing that this is saying that the way Jesus is right now is the way we are. Okay, The way Jesus is right now, we are right now. Not one day when we die, but right now. So that must mean that Christianity has to be something more than just a religion. Okay, has to be something different about it than doing something else that's done here from Mondays to Saturdays in this fall. Okay? <laughs> because many different things happen here, here during the week. So, salvation isn't about morality or good works, but it leads to that. We said that last week. Okay? And here's another thought Christi- uh, God never intended with Christianity for you or me to be normal, like the world. He didn't intend for it. Which we were already passing that test. Okay. So. You are especially. <laughs> we're passing that test. like we, we're, not, we're not meant to just look like everybody else and act like everyone else. So let's look at God's intention with salvation. OK? Ezekiel 36:25 to 27. When I was studying this out and, and meditating on, I got very excited for a number of reasons. I'll show you maybe some of them. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness? And from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart will I give you. And a new spirit I will put within you. And I will take, take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. So it's not just a piece of my spirit. It's all of my spirit. I'm going to put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. Okay? I'm opening this up in my Bible quickly because I've got a note there I want to read to you. But can someone look that up in the New Living for us, please? There's a wonderful um, part there. What is it? Ezekiel 36. So it says there in the beginning, I will sprinkle clean water upon you. What does the the New Living Bible say then? Verse 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you'll be clean. Mm. I will sprinkle clean water upon you. I like, sorry, it's the Living Bible I was looking for. Living Bible says this, then it will be as though I had sprinkled clean water on you and you'll be clean. How many of us had water sprinkled on us? Exactly. It's a, it's a you know, except for if you end here. Uh, <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, 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 like we don't get sprinkled water on us to be clean. It's not talking about literal water. It's a figurative thing, okay? So that's why I liked it, how it brought in the as though. But here, then it says, um, "And ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from your idols, I'll cleanse you." And as I was meditating on this, I realized, like, you know, God had from Genesis to Malachi had had put the message of the gospel in 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 there. So you you read through the books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Moses, it's the gospel according to Moses. You know, Genesis, uh, 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 Exodus is the easiest account of where you can see Jesus. But you can see Jesus all over there, okay? Um, Without getting into too much depth on that, then he starts to bring in rituals. He starts to bring in feasts. They start to bring in uh, celebrations and all this kind of thing. For what purpose? to point to christ now colossians says how all of these things are shadows of a reality to come okay shadows of a reality to come so they were pointing to the substance which is christ and they were showing us something okay but you know what the the israelites did is they took the shadows and they made them into idols They took the shadows and they made them into idols what what does that mean well they thought that the rituals would actually accomplish what they weren't meant to accomplish that only the reality was meant to accomplish so the purpose of the passover was to point to jesus and show what he would accomplish for them but they got stuck with the passover and it was as if they worshiped the passover When the Passover was just a signpost pointing towards the reality of Christ, which would redeem them. They weren't redeemed in the Passover. It was a picture of something to come. And as I was meditating on that, you can go to all the rituals and you can see the same thing. They expected the ritual to cleanse them. But they had to come back next year for the sacrifice. (laughs) And they had to come back the next year. Because it didn't accomplish what... But they were almost worshiping it as an idol because when, when Jesus came, they didn't see the signpost pointing to Jesus. They saw the actual ritual. And they didn't take the ritual for what it was actually worth. So there's a lot in there. The church still does that today, yes. So God's intention with salvation here is my spirit in you. So this is why it's not just another religion. It's my spirit in you. Okay. So now let's look at a couple things. Building on this, what did salvation accomplish for us? Okay, so there's a, a slide a slide up there, there's a couple of things there, just uh just because I want to go through them quickly. First of all, forgiveness of sins, amen. We're forgiven. There's a whole bunch of references there John 1 29, Isaiah 53 6, Hebrews 9 26, Colossians 1 14, and Colossians 2 13. We are forgiven. Number two, we're redeemed from the power of sin. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. That's a, a wonderful salvation truth. Okay, this You can see, it's not just about following some kind of list of rules and trying to be good for God. This is, this is what self, salvation has accomplished for us. We put faith in Jesus and we are redeemed from the power of sin. Number three, innocence because we're justified, made just as if we've never sinned which means no condemnation, guilt or shame. Romans 8:1, Romans 3:24, Romans 5:1. Then uh, number 4, reconciliation with God. Now we have a right relationship with him. 2 Corinthians 5:18 to 19. Number 5, five. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3:13 to 14. We're no longer under the law. Galatians uh, Romans chapter 6 verse 14. Number six, freed from the power of darkness. This is what salvation has accomplished for us. We are free from the power of darkness. You might feel like you're under the power of darkness, and that's because you don't know this. <laughs> okay? Colossians 1, 13-14. And then lastly, and I'm sure there's many others we could pull out of this, but we are now sons of God. John's, John 1, 12-13, and 1 John 3, 1-2. to 2. So that's what salvation has accomplished for us. Okay? And the biggest one, which I had up front there, uh, from Ezekiel, and there's other verses which we'll look at in a moment, now we become His dwelling place. That's the biggest thing salvation has accomplished for us. All of that so that we could have a, a, um, a Christ living in us. And that's what we focused on next. All of this so that Christ could dwell in us. Because salvation is union with God. It's oneness with Christ. Okay? The Spirit of God dwelling in you forever. Because you're now born of the Spirit. John 3, 5-7. to John 3, 5-7. to It says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of Spirit is Spirit. Do not marvel that I say unto you, you must be born again. Let's look at that part, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit. I've heard many interesting uh, uh, um, explanations for that. I think my first, the first time I, I read that or heard that it was, you know, it's a, uh, born of water meaning natural birth and then it's born of the Spirit as in born again. And then I've heard it born of water as in baptism in water. And I've heard it born of the Spirit as in um, Holy Spirit baptism. I've heard many people bringing in different things. But if you study it out, and, the word and, linking the two, can also be translated also or, or indeed. Also or indeed. So it's actually further explanation. So he's saying, unless one is born of water, indeed the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Because throughout the Old Testament, water is a symbol of Holy Spirit. Okay, the new life that we would have. Jesus speaks about it in Romans 8, of, uh, Romans 8. Uh, John 8, the, the streams of living water flowing from within us. So it's a uh, unless one is born of the water, of water, w- indeed the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So this is basically just saying we're born of the spirit. We bat- baptism by the Spirit into the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Spirit we were all baptized <coughs> into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. So this is, this is showing us that it's not referring to water. It's referring to when we said yes to Jesus we were immersed, baptized into His spirit by the Spirit and now we drink from the same spirit okay we live, drink live from the same place. our source is the same. it's the spirit okay it wasn't uh, the swimming pool I got baptized in in the river you got baptized in whatever it's the, the Holy Spirit which where we were immersed into which is where we get our life from okay? And as a result of this um, uh, being born of the Spirit and baptized into the Spirit, now we are his dwelling place. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. So, in the flesh is referring to an unbeliever, in the Spirit is referring to a believer. Okay, If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not of his. So this is basically saying, if you are born again, you have the Spirit. If you're not born again, you don't have the Spirit. Okay, 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your Spirit, which are God's. So, because of salvation, being made right with God, being justified, made just as if you've never sinned, now you are fit to be His dwelling place. And He's moved in. (laughs) He's moved in. You gave Him a a, a key and you said, come move in with me, and He's taken over. Okay? He dwells in you in His fullness. Now, that's in your spirit. You've still got a soul and a body. Okay? Okay? Spirit, soul, and body. You've got a spirit and Jesus moved in completely. And he lives there completely. But now in your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, your, which is your soul. That's where Paul encourages us in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 to renew our minds and start to think like God thinks. Start to think differently. Because if we start to think differently, then we can start to experience this new life okay so now in the spirit you're perfect now your mind needs to be renewed to the spirit and then in your body you start to decide how your body is going to go like in a sense of your actions and all that kind of stuff okay so the the spirit is where he's dwelling the body contains the spirit unless you had an out of body experience this week no yeah. th- i don't recommend that <laughs> then you're on your way out Okay, so our body, my my spirit is now in my body, right? It's not separate from me. And what you need to see is that um, uh, 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 my body is like the temple. And God dwells in the temple. But now He wants to fix the temple. That's healing okay he, 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 he loves the temple he loves your body he loves you as a temple so you've got to look after the, the, the temple as well but he wants to bring restoration to the temple he wants to you could put it like this the spirit in your the, the, the power in your spirit needs to be seen in your flesh okay and the awesome thing is is even you know, we, we kind of think if I make a mistake the spirit's gone like David and Psalm. what is it 50 or something, 51, uh, we, we kind of have these moments of, uh, oh Lord, please don't take your spirit from me. You know, and that's wrong. Because he was in a, a, a different covenant. Now we're one with the spirit and he's never going anywhere. You know this verse here? I love this because the verse before that, does anyone, don't, 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 uh, it's not on the screen, but does anyone know what the verse before that says? Know, so this isn't a problem for people then. <laughs> no, the verse before this. 18. Let's talk about what believers do. Huh? How do you know that? No, I'm joking. <laughs> it says flee sexual immorality. That's nice. So it says flee sexual immorality, and then it says, or do you not know that your body is a temple? So, you know the way Paul's dealing with uh, uh, unbel- for, with believers, Christians, who are in sexual immorality in the church. The way he's dealing with them isn't saying, stop what you're doing. It's evil. He's saying, stop what you're doing because God lives in you. He's not saying, stop what you're doing so God can come back to you. You've got to repent and get him, call him back. He, he wants to come back, but he's, he's not coming back because a holy God can't dwell in an unholy person. He's saying, hey... God dwells in you. And so whatever you're doing, you're doing with God. So stop it. That's, that's the biblical way of dealing with this. Okay. So he's saying, hey, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave. Look at the next verse. Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6. Let your conduct, that's your lifestyle, the way you live, be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So what do you have that, that never goes away? God, Jesus. You're one with Him. He's not going anywhere. You're one with Him. So be content with Him. We often think this is, be content with the bad car that you have. Be content with the, the, <laughs> the, the little clothes or whatever, the, the, the small food, amount of food. Like, you know, yes, there's a place to be content with those things. Paul speaks about having little and having much. But this verse is talking about being content with Christ jesus is enough for me and because he's enough for me i may boldly say the lord is my helper i will not fear what can man do to me can you see the link here so now all of this is in your spirit remember you have a spirit uh, or sorry you are a spirit you have a soul and you live in a body so there's three parts to you you are a spirit you have a soul and you live in a body. I said this last week. Your spirit is saved. Your spirit is full of Jesus. Your spirit is perfect. Your spirit is healed. Your spirit is whole. Your spirit is well. Your, your soul is being renewed. Your, your soul is being renewed. Okay? We, we don't think like Jesus 100%. Amen? But we need to start thinking like Jesus more and more. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the more I start to think according to God's word, the more I'm going to start to be transformed. And then our body is mortal. How many of you have experienced mortality? (laughs) We have a mortal body. How do we know that? You know, come here and let uh, taste give you a, a, a hit on the arm and you'll feel it. It's mortal. If you're not careful, your arm will fall off. He's a big guy. You know, so, you're mortal, your body is mortal. Your body is perishing. Some of you have experienced that perishing. Right? It's fading away. Paul even says that. These yeah. earthen vessels are fading. These earthen vessels are not perfect. But the glory of God is inside of these earthen vessels, he says. So, inside this earthen vessel, which sometimes has aches and pains and all sorts of things, what, what, what do I have inside of me? Jesus. Jesus, the healer. But now he needs to come into contact with that earthen vessel. Okay? You know, because the earthen vessel is what contains him. And I'm here as a container of God for a purpose. And I cannot fulfill that purpose if the earthen vessel is completely destroyed. And so God wants me on this earth to fulfill my purpose. You the same, I hope. (laughs) He wants you on this earth to fulfill your purpose. So He wants you to look after your earthen vessel. And He wants you to... He wants to also look after your earthen vessel through healing. Mortality is not a sin. But this mortality contains immortality. When you get sick, you must stop thinking of it as a sin. And you must start seeing it as an opportunity for the power of God to manifest. Okay? If you're sick in your body, you're sick in your body. You're not sick in your spirit. Don't get confused about that. If you're sick in your body, you're sick in your body. Okay? How do you know if you're healed in your body? A medical doctor can tell you, you're healed in your body. (laughs) We don't want you walking out of hospital when the doctor's saying, we need to work on you, and you're saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, leave me alone, and then you die. Because this earthen vessel needs to come into contact with the power before the earthen vessel can say it's fixed. Okay, that's very important. Living a Christian life, living like Jesus, is about living from the Spirit. Okay, we're living from the Spirit. You can call it walking in the Spirit, Galatians 5.16. It's walking or living in the Spirit. So we need to learn to allow the Spirit to lead. The Spirit of Christ in me to lead. The Spirit of Christ in me to dominate me uh, um, and uh, uh, dominate my thoughts, my feelings and everything. That's that's the Christian life. Is learning to be led by the Spirit. Now, you cannot learn, be led by the Spirit by your emotions. You can only be led by the Word. So if you don't know the Word, forget it. You're going to fail. <laughs> doesn't matter how much you think you're hearing God. You might think you hear the devil. Uh, you might think you hear God, but you're actually hearing the devil sometimes. No word, no faith. You can't be in faith without the word. If you don't know the word properly, there's no, there's no possibility of faith. No one can get saved without hearing the gospel. You know, the, the, that's what the Bible says. We're born again by the imperishable seed of the word of God. The word of God referring to not the Bible, but the gospel contained in the Bible. So if you don't know the gospel, you can't be saved. That's why Romans chapter 10 says we must preach the gospel so people can believe the gospel and be saved. What's the cure for for, for unbelief? Word. What's the cure for ignorance? The Word. All we need to do is get into the Word, renew our minds, and we can experience what God's got for us. The more we get into the Word, the more we're going to know what is His heart, know what He wants for us and from us. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Now this, you've got the Spirit of God in you. Okay? The the Spirit of God is in you, and the fruit of that is love, joy. Let me say it like this. The natural byproduct of you now being a Christian should be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So this is describing the nature of Christ that now you have. You have the nature of Christ. But if you don't know you have the nature of Christ, how do, you, how do you do what you don't know? You can't do what you don't know, <laughs> consistently. So we need to familiarize yourself with who you are so that you can start to walk in it. Yeah, there's lots of people who didn't know they could come here tonight. <laughs> so they didn't come. <laughs> but you knew you could come, so you decided to come. So the point is, is you can't, you know, if you don't know you can do something, you're probably not going to do it. Okay. John 14 verse 12. <clears throat> the fruit of the spirit of, of, the, of God in us is this too. Jesus saying, most assuredly, I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do in greater works than these. Because I go to the, my father. So we should be able to live lives like Jesus, which is a supernatural life of love. For the unlovely. <laughs> okay? For, 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 for healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, all of that stuff. Okay? Living in and out of the Spirit would mean that we love, we have joy, we have peace, but we have power. Now I was thinking about this in terms of Acts chapter 2. If you go read Acts chapter 2, uh, it shows us what a man, God can do through a man. Okay? Because Peter and John were not uh, special people. Okay, They were just like you and me. They went to the temple to pray. What's wrong with that? They were no longer Jews, but they were still trying to act like Jews. Going to the temple. So you're you're in a way, you've got more revelation than they had in Acts chapter 2. They graduated out of that. As you read through Acts, they stopped going to the temple eventually. But we're not going to the temple anymore. Because we know we can pray, we are the temple. Okay? Um. But now they come across a man who cannot walk. Okay? He's uh, lying at the the gate of the temple, the entrance of the temple, and he's begging. What does religion do? Gives money, gives some food, and says, God bless you. Jesus loves you. Am I wrong? A Muslim would do that, right? A Muslim will do that. Any kind of compassionate human being would do that. But what does the believer who's got the Spirit of God in them do here? You know, the the, the believer in union with God kind of says, we don't don't have money to give you, but what we do have, Christ in us, the hope of glory, I give unto you in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and is healed. That's the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. That's how we, you know, and I know, like, we, we, we don't see it like that all the time, but it's because mostly we just don't believe like that. We don't know what we've got, so we don't operate like that. Okay? So, the, the key is really to realize our union with God and uh, to awaken to the power that we now have because of this. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 to 21. If you think we've gotten anywhere yet, yeah. the main course is still coming. Okay, the main idea is still coming. I'm still building up there. How many of you have heard most of these verses before? Good, good. I'm glad. Thank you. <laughs> the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, Paul praying for the believers, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Not perform, believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So in verse 19, it uses the word power. Where is it? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Go look up the Greek word there. It means dunamis. Where in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, And you shall receive dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So it's linking this verse and that verse to show you that it's talking about the same power, the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? And it it can be described as miracle-working, supernatural miracle-working ability. Okay? I like how the Passion puts 19. It says, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness Of God's power made available to you through faith, then your lives will be an advertisement of His immense of this immense power as it works through you. So we can go into every detail of that verse and we can pull it out. But I want you to see that Holy Spirit in you is power, okay? Supernatural miracle-working ability, and this prayer that Paul's praying here is it's about opening our eyes to the reality of our salvation. it's showing us that we need a revelation of our position what we have in christ that's the problem with most christians is they don't know who they are they don't know what they've got they say but they aren't renewing their minds to what they have in the spirit and so they can't experience anything else okay verse 20 there if you go back to the previous verse which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. The word wrought is talking about the working of the power of God. So that which was worked in Christ when he raised, was raised from the dead is worked in you. That's what that's saying. You could say the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in you. So that which was wrought in Christ is now wrought in you, works in you. So here's a testimony. Okay, testimony. I heard some of you all know about John G. Lee and uh, his healing ministry and all that. Some great things that he did and some great teachings that he's got. But I like this um, this testimony that he shared about ministering to a woman. Okay, and this uh, woman, you, you, many of you will identify with her. She came to his uh, his office because now he he uh, he was a medical doctor and he was awarded a doctorate from the state of Washington uh, because of all the healings that they had seen so he never studied medicine and he never used medicine but he was awarded a doctorate, a phd okay so now he this woman comes to him and says dr lake i uh, i've had so many people laying hands on me and uh, i don't know what else to do to get healed and so i want you to lay hands on me please and he said okay sure and so then he started sharing some verses with her and she says yes i know that Yes, I know that. Like you guys did. Yes, I know that. <laughs> yes, I know that. And so he stopped and he's like, okay, you know, are you a Christian? She said, yes, of course. So you've got the Spirit of God living in you. She said, yes, I told you I'm a Christian. And he said, you believe this verse. And he, then he started just like cross-checking her, you know. And she was like, yes. And so she's, she's legitimately saved and she knows probably more than us, you know, even. Okay. You know people like that. And... Um, He told her to go sit in the corner by herself (laughs) and to just meditate on the truth of god that the spirit lives in her this just, just focus in on the spirit of god dwelling in you that wants to actually live in your flesh as well he lives in your spirit now he wants to live in your flesh because remember i said we are the temple and he dwells in the temple like we're in this building but now he wants to get into the building and fix the building. And so he, he put her in the corner and said, you know, focus on it. And, he, and every now and then he would come past and say, hey, you know, so what do you, can you see it yet? And she's like, I really don't understand what you're talking about. Just keep focusing on Christ in you. And then she, he would come back and eventually she said, I can see it. Christ lives in me. And he wants to live in my flesh. He's in my flesh. And she had visualized that she could see it and um eventually she started getting excited about that and in that moment that was her healing why because it's the same principle with the woman with the issue of blood she came into the physical came into contact with the spiritual the physical came into contact with the power because often we can confess things and declare things and whatever but in our hearts we're not there's no connection there's no connection and the connection is what we needed but often, we know too much. I mean, I've heard many people say this, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this too. It's difficult to minister to people who know everything. <laughs> you know, people who've, been, who've, who've gone to ministry school or Bible school are usually the worst. And people who, who've studied out healing and whatever, it's difficult often for them to receive healing. Why? Because they know too much. And the intellect hasn't become a hard thing. I shared um, somewhere, I shared on Friday night, how uh, uh, um, even for myself, more recently, God's been challenging me to take time and schedule time to be able to sit and just spend time, God, what like minister to me? What do you want? To, what do you want to show me? Not instead of kind of studying the word and preparing this, and I'm preparing every day for something, you know. And so, yeah, He was kind of like, just take some time, just to be able to focus and receive from me, praying the Spirit and come into contact with the power, because the power needs to be. In you as well you can't just always be giving it out you need to be experiencing this for yourself and so you know what happened to her this woman that uh, uh, uh dr lake was ministering to is she started to see christ in her ministering to her okay because jesus is healing he's the healer okay he doesn't give you healing he is healing now you're one with him so now you just need to awaken to that reality now you need to start to see that in your heart and see what you've got. You've got that authority. He's given you authority. So now you need to rise up in that. So it's a case of learning to focus on Christ in you. See it in your imagination. Start like picture your, the healing power of God flowing. If you can picture your, your spirit. Picture it flowing throughout your being and restoring anything that's broken. Healing anything that's sick. Correcting things that need to be corrected, like we need to 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 sometimes visualize that, not because the visualizing makes it happen, but because it helps us actually be in faith then. Because sometimes we, we don't know how to receive, and I believe this is one of the ways that we can receive. You know, because we're picturing what could be, what what, what is at work in us, the power of God. So Romans chapter eight verse eleven, last verse. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Okay, so now I know this verse, for those of you who are clever like me, <laughs> is uh, referring specifically to the resurrection. Okay, but, but it's a principle in it which stands. In that I have got the Spirit of God living in me. I have got a mortal body. And He is that making my body alive. Okay? So this, we need to, what we need to focus on is I'm one with Christ the Healer. He dwells in me. In His fullness. And we need to actually not just make it an intellectual exercise, but focus on it. Amen? But start to kind of think about it. Put aside our intellect and all these things that we know and these clever things and then I know this testimony about this one and this one did this and someone had this experience and whatever and just go, okay, Jesus, it's me and you. Because you don't need the man of God, Etienne, to come and lay hands on you. It helps. <laughs> you know, we, we're happy to come and pray for people and minister to them. And we do that all the time. And we should all be doing that, that as believers But, as believers, you've got the spirit of the living God living in you. Why don't you do it? Why don't you awaken to what you've got and start to take authority and see the healing flow in your body? Or in anyone else? So I'm just stirring us up and challenging us to awaken to what we've got and start rising up in it. Amen? So, Let's um, maybe just take three people who, something that stood out for you, and then we're going to do an exercise together. So three people, just quickly, something that stood out for you and blessed you. Etienne. Um, Yeah, super challenging, I think, with regards to the whole concept of, I just want to go to someone and quickly have them pray for me, versus meditating on the truth and reality of the power residing on the inside of me. That requires a lot more effort, like to renew your mind versus just have shade pray for me and fix my problem. And it comes back to what we said last week about contending for healing where we often are too busy. And so we're expecting a quick fix, but we're not prepared to be still. Because a lot of us aren't still. We're not prioritizing receiving what we need because life is busy. And I said to you, I'm preparing every day. I'm busy every day with lots of different things. And so it can easily be for me the same thing as, as for you. It's like, just, you know, I'm too busy to get there. I'd, I'd rather do something else because I'm busy. Um, so what stood out to me is the reason that you're getting sick might be the reason you get sick again. So if you haven't dealt with something like fear or insecurity or whatever it is, if you don't let Jesus deal with that, you will get sick again. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. And we're not, we're not talking about like, um, like in diabetes, for example, if sugar makes you stick, sick, stop eating sugar. That's, that's get healed. We're talking, we're, talking about, we're talking specifically about fear and, 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 and things like that. Taste did you have your hand up? Yes. Uh, what stood out for me is just again how not knowing your identity and that you like hmm. the temple of God and its address really is going to affect you in areas of healing as well. Awesome. That's good. Okay, last one. I, I really enjoyed it when you said um, about, you know, visualize God mm. in you. Because um, when I had the spine issue, that's what I had seen. That God's in me and he's permeating through every part mm. of my body. And that's when I was completely healed. Mm. So it's, it's exciting to know that mm. it's not some... Keep that's open. awesome. Mm. Great. So get comfortable. <laughs> do you want to play or do you want us to use music? You'll play. Go for it. Close your eyes and I I, want to just minister to you and allow you to minister to yourself whilst we just focus in on on these realities that we've spoken about now. And forget about anybody else in the room and just focus in in on, 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 on Christ in you for yourself. Father, I just thank you that as we close our eyes and we just focus in on you, focus in on your love and for those who are are, are trusting for some kind of healing or something that this this could be that moment father or for for others that you know maybe you're healed and you're fine but this this can just be something refreshing for you this could be just God wanting to speak to you because you're just quietening down and focusing in on him You can pray in the spirit quietly if you want to. In this moment, just of visualizing and and seeing it. Just listen to this. You you are one with Christ the healer. He dwells in you in His fullness. Christ literally lives in you. He dwells in your spirit and expresses himself through your physical body. The spirit of God vitalizes every fiber of your being. God's life, eternal life in you destroys sickness, destroys diseases and destroys infirmities and restores your body to normality. Jesus is the vine and you are the branch. Therefore, the life of Christ flows through you. You reign in life because you're a partaker of his divine nature. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and quickens your body makes it alive thank you jesus that you dwell in us that you're alive in us and right now we just thank you for that spiritual power to be made manifest now in our physical bodies and i just speak release to each person that's that's in need of something i thank you right now that we would make contact In your heart, just just decide, I'm making contact with that power. I've got it inside of me. In the name of Jesus, we command life and wholeness to flow right now. To repair each organ, to restore each organ, to strengthen each body. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father thank you father in the name and authority of jesus i declare healings and miracles now in jesus name thank you father thank you father that you are not withholding you have given and so we receive we receive in the name of Jesus. We just pray for myself. We just declare healing to flow in her body right now and bring restoration and wholeness. And we thank you, Father, that she continues to receive tests and all that, that they will be starting to come out clear in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. with your eyes closed I just sense that there might be one or two of you just as you're praying and as I'm praying something keeps coming up in your mind and it might be a a bad relationship with someone it might be something that you're holding on to that you need to let go of and some issue that just needs to be prayed through or dealt with God's not withholding your, your, your healing because of that but it might make that thing might make it difficult for you to receive Maybe it's fear or something like that. You know, and if you're in a situation like that, I just encourage you right now, whatever's coming to mind, you might need to, to go to a brother or sister in Christ or to Etienne or myself, not that we're not brothers or sisters in Christ, but you might need to come to us and just say, I'm struggling with this, this keeps coming up, please pray with me. So if you, if you need that, come on. Up. But I wanna challenge you right now just to deal with it with you and God. Right now, just see that thing and just say, I'm, I'm sorry I've been holding on to this, Father. I let it go. If it's forgiveness, forgive someone. If it's fear, thank you, Jesus, that you haven't got a spirit of fear, but you've got a spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind. Whatever it is, just begin to focus on the truth of that situation. And then just begin to thank him for his life that's in you. His life that's restoring you. His life that's healing. Thank you, Jesus. Rivers of living water are flowing in this place, restoring, reviving. Thank you, Jesus. also just feel like the Lord's saying there's no condemnation maybe because you've done something or you haven't done something but there's also no condemnation because you don't see the healing that you need so don't feel condemned don't feel guilty just keep believing keep trusting God thank you Jesus Thank you, Father, that over the next couple of weeks together through this series, we're going to see testimonies. We're going to have so many testimonies of miracles and healings and transformations in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And your spirit is at work now. We're going to see people recovering, bodies strengthened. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. I also just feel to finish off, just encouraging with this: like it's important for us. I think I said this last week. To when the pain gets bad, or when the the, the storm is getting rough, or whatever, you speak louder. <laughs> you declare what, what, what God's Word says about it. If you're fearful of something, then you, know, you need to be louder than the fear. And so, you know, w- it's a walk of faith, not a visit of faith. You don't have a faith visitation. So it's like when you have a pain or you're you at the doctors or whatever and, and or you're taking chronic medication, now don't t- stop. When do you t- stop taking your medication? When you don't need your medication. Okay? Okay, faith isn't scared of medicine. Amen? Amen? But what I want to encourage you with is when you're taking your medicines, you need to say something like, Thank you, Father, the power of God. Your power is at work in my body. Your healing power is at work in my body. You know, when things don't feel good, thank you, Father. Your power is at work in my body. I seek healing. I declare wholeness in Jesus' name. I, I thank you that you help me to make contact with this power that's at work within me. And just keep declaring these things. Keep focused on these things. And, you know, that's living by faith. is speaking by faith as well. And then let's uh, let's encourage one another when we see breakthroughs and when we see testimonies. And share those things so that we can encourage one another with them. Amen? Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website. Www.gracelife.co.